and Lex. Two imperfect six-figure business coaches, co-founders, and friends who decided to combine our superpowers to bring to market something we wish we had when we entered the world of coaching. A real, non-BS, intimate, and fun community built with integrity, intention, and a few glasses of wine. In this podcast, we get real. Real about life. Business. Relationships and what it really takes to find your version of success in the world of coaching. Are you ready, Lex? I'm set, Em. Let's coach. Hi, Lex. Hi, Emily. I always wait to see who's going to say it first. (laughs) Like playing chicken at each other. Who gets it first? Um, Recording today live from Narnia. You know, welcome (laughs) to the forest. To give you, you podcast listeners who are not on our YouTube channel, a visual, I'm staring at a beautiful granola version of Emily. She's in a very neutral blouse. Her hair is all natural. She is literally the background green forestry, like fairies are about to probably fly over her head. She is such a vibe right now. I love it. It, well, thank you. I am in in North Country. I'm in Canada. Hey, hey. hey. How many times are you going to say "a" today? I don't um, know. Don't get me started. I've started. Here we go. Hey. Oh no. It, it's I'm one of those people, persons, people, individuals. Whenever I'm with someone who has an accent, I slip into the accent, which could come across like I'm insulting the person, but it's really me just feeling so close to them. So in the South, y'all, I am like Southern, and then. <laughs> In Canada, like they say, Costa Rica and pasta and breakfast. And there's some things that I'm like, no, nah, I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to join this. <laughs> I, my freshman college roommate who is random, who also was one of my roommates from in my senior year um, is from North Carolina and she has a Southern accent. Well, it's kind of gone away. Anyways, I now forevermore say y'all because of her having lived with her for two years. And then I'm from Portland, Oregon, like no one there. There's nothing, some most boring non-dialect like yeah. accent, but I do say y'all. You say y'all, but you can, you can fit in, you know, real nice down in the South. Real nice down in the South. <laughs> real nice. But yeah, so I'm in Canada and um, I accidentally went camp. I didn't accidentally. I, my, I let my husband plan this itinerary because we're visiting his family and I always have wanted to go camping and like, I have this kind of, how do I say this? Like I have this vision of camping in my mind of like the memories that you make from camping. And Greg is like, let's not go camping and stay at a cabin by the water and have all the amenities without the, like the hardship of camping. But I think because I'm raised in a family of girls, we just didn't do things that I put in my mind as like very picturesque family things. Anyways, long story long, we went camping and he had put on the itinerary two nights of camping. So I, I, I thought that it would be not camping and it was camping and it was actually camping. We just ended up having, um, his mother's RV thing to sleep in. So we kind of had, we had a toilet, we had air conditioning, we had a fridge, we had all the luxury of modern accommodations, but I was surprised when we showed up at an actual campsite. It sounds like a happy medium and like you guys were happy campers. Yes. Yes. Well done. Um, so she's camping, right? And I get this text from Emily. Was it yesterday? My my whole week. And when I tell you I have never seen a more startling 
photograph of a friend's child. I need it. Staring at me is the adorable face of her son, Jackson, with the largest square slash oval raised bump on his head that I've ever seen on a child. Oh my God. Not exaggerating. It was terrible. I mean, I'm so glad that it wasn't as severe. You know, your brain has one of the, when you see one of these things, especially in your kid, I almost started crying when it happened, but he fell off the bench. He was reaching for something and he fell off and he hit the metal part of the bench underneath of the picnic table perfectly. So it was like a cookie cutter of, of imprint of where he hit. And, um, yeah, he had this awesome goose egg and I texted my girlfriend, who's a a doctor and I sent her a picture. I was like, do I take him to the doctor? Like, is this, what do we do in this circumstance? And a fun fact is there's typically more swelling in that part of your air of your face because your head has more blood vessels in it. Hmm, And so it swells that much more. So it looks that much more like horrific literally he looked like he was growing a horn um but fortunately by the end of the day and he it just turned into more of like a rounded mound and now he's back to normal so (laughs) she gets like play-by-plays while I'm on it was alarming I this past weekend we went to a our neighbor's one-year-old birthday and while on my husband's watch which it's funny Emily you were like I'm glad it happened on Greg's watch well, on CJ's watch, she fell and hit her head on a cornhole and there was a goose egg, not Jackson's size goose egg, but I flipped the beep out on him. And so when you were like, I'm so glad it happened on Greg's watch, because if it was on mine, he would flip out. And I'm like, I'm Greg. I'm Greg. CJ is You're Greg. I am Greg. <laughs> and I, and I, didn't, I didn't say anything. I didn't say like, how could you be so careless? Like, I think this is an opportunity in time when you can be really mean to your partner and say really mean things. And then I think about like, what would I want someone to say to me in that circumstance? You're already feeling extreme guilt and terrible. So I was like, don't do it, Emily. Upper hand, upper hand. Good for you. Way to be the bigger person. Blah, 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 blah. Because, 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 because I guess technically a marriage is a partnership. So that is good partnership advice. And today we're talking about strategic partnerships that can grow your coaching business. Yes. Getting in bed with strangers. What? Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I did. Oh, I love that transition, Lex. So I'm curious about the PR bar and your coaching business with the PR bar. Have you had any strategic or, or partnerships in the past that have net? Sorry. Bless you. <laughs> um, that have netted like live impact for your business. So many. And I'm actually going to rewind time because this is a probably the biggest partnership campaign I ever ran for that brand. Circa, I think it was 2020, I ran something called the Empower Project. And I was a PR coach. I mean, I still am. And I gathered seven other coaches, all different types of coaches, to come together to offer one big freebie package. So I can't remember what I contributed, probably a pitch template, maybe the business coach uh, contributed an Excel sheet. I don't know. We put it all on a website and the entire goal was to collect emails. This was at the infancy stage of my business. These coaches ranged in their seniority level and we all agreed to a cadence of how we are going to promote it. And here's why this was so freaking great. 
we were, everyone participating, automatically put in front of seven other coaches' audiences, right? So it was such an organic way to grow brand awareness at the same time, also collect emails. So that was one of my first and favorite campaigns. What about you, Partnership Queen? Well, I was going to ask, did you spearhead this or were you invited to join it? Um, I spearheaded it. I started it. I led it. I envisioned it. It was me. <laughs> she was the problem. Can we do that again, by the way? <laughs> amazing. Um, actually, we should do that. I'm thinking in real time. We should do that with our Ready, Set, Coach clients. We should. We should. It was a lot of work, but it was worth it. Yeah. So you've heard us say that. Call us out. Um, yeah. No, it was really, really great. I created a singular landing page. I created all the graphics for everyone. Uh, there was direction given on the freebie. You know, there was, uh, I gave them all bullet points of what they were committing to for marketing. And so it was a really low lift for people to be involved, very intentionally made sure it was a diverse group of coaches, diverse in terms of backgrounds, in terms of what they offered, in terms of point of view. So it was really, it was a lot of, a lot of work that went into it, but I was really, really thrilled with the outcome. So Lex, one of the things that I want to pull out as a teachable moment here is so often people wait for the invitation to join something. They're sitting there, they're refreshing their inboxes, they're waiting for the clients to find them by magic SEO or, or whatnot. And yet I love that you had this gumption of this new, new fresh off, fresh off of into the world of coaching. And you're like, you know what? I don't have anything to lose. Let me ask these people's to these people to be a part of this bigger initiative. And it was an easy, I imagine it was an easy yes for people to say, to contribute something that they'd probably already had created. It was an easy yes, because they were getting something tangible in return. And it was an easy yes, because you were doing the majority of the work for them, yet yielding the benefits of doing the work. So this is a great lesson in terms of if you have a solution or if you have a problem that you want solved, how can you yourself solve that problem, even if it means reverse engineering to get to the solution? Thank you. Great teachable moment. And what that campaign also did is it combined a lot of different strategies. So it used freebies and email marketing. It combined social media. Um, there was an element of community cross communication, cross communications, cross community collaborations. So these are all different kind of buckets of different partnerships that you can do. Now, Emily is the queen of many things, but one of the things you are so so freaking good at is events and event partnerships. So why don't you share what are different examples of ways you can partner for an, an event to grow your coaching practice? Yeah. So one of the, it, it's very similar to what you had talked about with the whole email and cross-marketing effort that you put together with the this initiative. But I think with an event, a lot of people same, same advice applies to what I just said, but with an event, what I love to do is to come up with a topic for an event and then handpick the people that I think would be good representation of sharing perspectives on said topic, and then making it really easy for those people to invite their individuals to join the topic. So I've done partnerships. One of my very first events that I actually I, I like to think back on and um, is the ABCs of entrepreneurship. 
like I had knew nothing about entrepreneurship, but I was super curious about entrepreneurship and I wanted to be exposed to entrepreneurs, more entrepreneurs. So the way I was able to do that was I identified three entrepreneurs to be on a panel, made it really easy for them to invite their people to join the panel, to watch the panel live. And so now I had an email list of more entrepreneurs because these three people were so excited to be included in this conversation. They blasted it out to their individuals. And then I reached the benefits of the of keeping the, the emails of individuals that signed up and also sharing those emails with all participants on the, the panel. So with events, I like to think of it, whether you're partnering with another individual, with a store, um, with another brand, you want it to be something that is mutually beneficial for all parties involved. So mm -hmm. it's something where, and I also like to sweeten it even more of like, I want them to walk away being like, that was a really easy to partner that it didn't require much of a lift for us at all. B that we are really good and respectful partners. So if it's a store that we, um, we set up, we clean up, we make it really easy. We bring in the people. Um, if it's a, a brand or if it's someone else, we over deliver. So if we're partnering with them and we we promise them pictures that we give them, we promise them 10 pictures, we give them like 40 pictures because it it's always nice to leave a good taste in people's mouth and it's easier to leave a good taste and re it's easier to reapproach someone who you've left a good taste in their mouth. Completely agree. And something that you just said the key word that I want to bring bring up to the to the table and us dive into is mutually beneficial. So one of the cornerstones to having a successful collaboration or partnership is that both sides are getting something. Now in order to get there, first you need to, and this is an actionable step, decide what you want from a partnership. So for, for my example, the Empower Project, I wanted to grow my email list. Mm -hmm. So I wanted more exposure. That was what I wanted. What I could give, what I could offer to a partnership was all the organization of the event. I wrote an article. I sent it across my social media. So I similarly, while I knew my ask, I also knew what I could bring to the table. So there's a few different ways you can think of it as an ask and a give. You can think of it as an offer um, and a <laughs> want. Yes. Yeah. There's you can interchange the words, but step one is to get really clear on what you want out of something and what you can give from there. What's the next step? Well, I was going to say one of the things that's really important is to make sure that your that your partners are aligned with what your what your outcome is. So, if you are wanting more emails and you're partnering with, oh my gosh, like a foot fungus company, the people <laughs> I don't know is that your is your environment inspiring that? <laughs> yes, I guess so. Lots of fungus everywhere. But if you're partnering with something that is a product healing something that you can't really relate to, they might not be an ideal partner. So you want to look at the demographic of their partnership or look at the, you can do a little sleuthing on their Instagram or LinkedIn, but you want to be in front of aligned partners. And one of my favorite things to, to reference to people who are just starting out with partnership is that a lot of times partners they they're right in front of you, but they don't feel clear to you. So I'll give an example of that. Um, 
So for example, if you're a travel advisor and you're like, I want to be in front of high net worth individuals, where are high net individuals hanging out that you are already in their sphere? Your wealth advisor, your wealth advisor is servicing high net worth individuals. Is there a way to do a partnership or get in front of, have a conversation with these individuals, your wealth advisor and let them know that you are looking for this type of client and then do some sort of partnership with them? That's more of a referral partnership, but just thinking about in terms of where is your same client hanging out? It's not always at the sexiest companies. Yeah. And that's such a great point because that's such another key component of a successful partnership is audience alignment beyond your own core values, also who you're serving. So we're going to go into some real life examples here and I'll start with the ready, set coach example. We last year, what year is it? I don't know. Last year, we partnered with a community called Ladies Get Paid. And we partnered in way of an event. So we hosted a event. We taught a workshop for the Ladies Get Paid community. Now, what we wanted from this was exposure to the audience of Ladies Get Paid because their audience was at that time for that cohort really our ideal people. Flip side, Ladies Get Paid was getting us delivering value and content to their membership community. So there was, we both got what we wanted and we both were aligned also at the end of the day with our users. What's yeah, I, example? Think, I think that's a great example. Um, so communities are a great one. Um, I'll give a personal example for Six Degrees. We partnered with a female owned gym based in New York City. And they have the same mission or had, they're no longer around, but they had the same mission, had the same passion for helping and inspiring women. So we did a giveaway where it was a strategic partnership in that we were both promoting it to our lists. We were both promoting it to our Instagrams. um, And we were both talking about this mutually beneficial experience. And so with it, we were, the ask from it, it was following us on Instagram and giving us their emails. So we were both successfully able to grow our Instagram and our emails to give them, I think I, we gave them like a year of membership to both opportunities. And so it was an easy lift for both of us. Um, and we could have even sweetened the deal by doing an in-person event with both of the entities, but we didn't. Lex, how can people find out how to work with us? Super simple. Go to readysetcoachprogram.com, link in show notes. So if you're sitting here listening and you're like, cool, 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 but I don't really have much to bring to the table. I'm new. I don't have a list yet. I have like two followers on Instagram. No one's going to want to partner with me. You need to first reframe that a little. There's a lot of things you can bring. And one of the things you can bring, especially as a coach, is your expertise. So maybe what your offer is, is in form of content or in form in form of leading a free workshop. I want to give another example of two of our clients who are currently doing a partnership and why it's so smart. So they have very complementary services. One is a business development coach and one is a thought leadership coach. They align and they ultimately serve the same person, which are agency owners, but they they offer different things. So they're teaming up to co-host a, a seminar. They're still the, it's still kind of in the in the works 
And what they're giving each other, giving each other is the co-share of content to make a really spectacular event, right? And yes, they'll both market it, et cetera, but they're not as focused on the volume of collection of social followers, et cetera. They're really wanting to leverage and partner with each other's expertise. Yeah, that's a great example. I want to talk a little bit about um, email marketing partnerships. So I, I think that what you talked about in terms of the Empower, how did you say it? Empower? The her? Empower Project. Empower Project. I'm like, well, I don't, there's so, yeah, I didn't want to butcher it. The Empower Project. There's other ways to be an email marketing partner. And I think to also give love to people, I call it this kind of flirting. And this is my favorite example of flirting. So you could write a newsletter. Say you write a, a monthly newsletter or a weekly newsletter. You could you could spotlight your favorite brands or your your favorite coaches, or you could give a shout out to something positive that happened, or maybe there was an event you're going to and you can link to it. And so it's a partner, it's not a partnership in like the formal sense of partnership, but it's drawing awareness to this, these things. And you might ask like, so why, why am I drawing awareness to these random brands? This doesn't make sense. People will then trust you more for curating and ideating things that you believe in and you like to go to. And it's something that you could then use down the road in a more for formal type of partnership um, process where you could get paid for partnership. Uh, and I don't want to overcomplicate it and talk about paid partnership, but I'm saying that you're building up the, the fact that you have 400 people clicking on this one link every single month, that when the time comes and you want to pitch a brand and you want to formally partner with them and have them pay you to be in your newsletter, you have stats to prove that your newsletter gets these results and these sorts of engagement and people are following through when they're clicking the links. So it's just something to be doing kind of organically in good spirit. Kind of okay, let me let me make sure we're we're following on that. So cuz we kind of went into two capacities. So the first thing I heard was to just almost in a good karma sort of way get in the practice of shouting out or highlighting other brands you believe in. Yeah. And secondary if we're planting the seed long term as you continue to do that and as you continue to grow, how does featuring other brands in your newsletter lead way down the line to pay mm -hmm. for partnership? Exactly. No, how? How? So it leads down the line where if you're wanting to partner with a bigger brand, either you want to partner with them on an email partnership or you want a paid partnership, you now have numbers to back up what partnering with you could look like. Okay. Okay. So here's what I'm pulling from that. If you focus on delivering good value, truly good value beyond just your own services and selling, you're likely going to grow your list faster. You're going to have great stats. So there's a long-term benefit there. So again, <laughs> I'm like, we're, bring, we're bringing it back in. So there's no, email marketing, there's referral partnerships. Mm -hmm. uh, there's simple things like content swap partnerships. You can do Instagram lives together, but the Ooh, whole podcast. concept, what? I was going to say podcast, podcast, um, ad yeah. partnerships. That's a good one. Or just podcast swaps. You have a podcast, they have a podcast. You both go on each other's podcasts, right? Mm -hmm. Another form of content. So the whole point we're trying to make is it's a really great organic, easy way and quick way to grow your reach. 
and to get in front of another individual's audience or community's audience where they have already built no like and trust. So by you being presented in front of their audience in way of them, that is telling the audience, similar to what you were saying, that you believe in this other coach. Um, so Lex, some other thing that we can think about too for those coaches out there is a strategic partnership of being a coach in other people's coaching programs, being a guest coach or in their masterminds. And what I love about that is typically the host of the, the mastermind or the guest program, or at least what we do with Ready, Set, Coach. So we create graphics for those individuals. So it's cross-pollination and cross-promotion for us where they're posting on their social media that they're speaking at this organization, but simultaneously we're posting about them. And then we're granting them access to an audience that's primed and warmed for the topic that they're talking on. Um, yeah. So again, an expertise, a knowledge swap, that's very similar to what we were talking about when we went in and led a workshop for ladies get paid, we were delivering value in our expertise, which was a win-win. So let's go into homework. So start to, if we start to think about how you can take the components of this episode and turn it into your next partnership. First, step one, get really clear on what you want. Step two, what you can give. And step three, start looking for a partner that's complementary and serves an aligned audience. So Emily went off into Narnia for the remainder of this podcast. Her internet is unstable. So you guys get to hear the lovely close out from me and me alone today. Um, thank you for joining us on the Ready, Set, Co Coach podcast. Bye. If you're enjoying the Ready, Set, Coach podcast, please leave a review wherever you are listening. For more information about Ready, Set, Coach, visit readysetcoachprogram.com.